The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 125, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL, that's K-I-S-T. Joined, as always, by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine Year Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K, Ben. Your final score prediction of 34 to 30 didn't age oh. too well, but it aged pretty well for being honest. I'm you were close there. I'm furious that Lafleur, <laughs> who turtled all game, Coward. did not turtle on fourth and goal from the one and kick a field goal, in which case my score position would have ended up correct. Obviously, you can't really know that because they probably would have approached the end of the game differently. But yeah, no, this was very much so the Eagles' performance that we were we were looking for, that we were anticipating. On, on on Sunday in the recap show in the immediate wake of the Lions loss where it was and now they're going to go play the 3-0 Packers in Lambeau in a short week. Yeah. This is a very good team that should not have been 1-2. and two. This is like, to me, this is very much like the Eagles are who we thought they were. The secondary <laughs> sucks and was very injured both at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Jim Schwartz likes what he likes and doesn't like what he doesn't like and doesn't change either direction. The offensive line one of the best units in the league. Two tight ends, both on the field. Dallas and, and uh, the other guy's name, Zach. Best duo they got in the, in, in the league. Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders. Successful running back duo. Good job splitting time. Both effective at different concepts. Executed well. Carson Wentz, quietly, pretty banal game. Wentz was 16 for 27, which is a decent completion percentage, for 160-some yards. Super small, short yardage area sort of a stuff. Distributed the ball, kept the chains moving, did not put the ball in harm's way, did not throw uh, interceptable passes, kept the offense on schedule, let the running game do its work. This was the Eagles were, 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 were as good as we expected them to be coming into the season. They just made the, the little plays where they, where they needed to make the little plays. Jimmy Graham doesn't catch a fourth down touchdown to tie the game. Nigel Bradham is able to actually reel in an interception <laughs> to salt the game away. Um, which shout I out need to in, get terms of th- in terms of things aging well there, <laughs> Michael, who went on a second quarter tirade against Nigel Bradham and his inability to catch. Look, 2016, September 19th, the last Nigel Bradham interception. He drops a sure pick six 
that would have made it a two-score game. So I tweeted out that he had butts for hands. Turns out butts are really good at catching footballs that get deflected into your hands with hero Craig James coming in and making a play on the ball there on the coverage, which none of us expected. By the way, uh, let, let's let's give a quick word and wish Avante Maddox well. Yeah, so we don't know where Jamal Williams is right now. We know that he was immediately sent to a hospital after the Derek Barnett hit, which is just a bad play. No two shakes about it. And then Avante Maddox, which is the result of how Andrew Sandejo plays, which is with his hair on fire. Sandejo's play style is what has not only defined him as a player, but has also kept him viable in the league. It is the the speed and physicality with which he plays that keeps him a, a strong special teams player. It is the speed and physicality with which he hits that has made him a desirable safety in the middle of the field because when you do deliver punishing blows, when you do deliver high-velocity hits, it discourages and and intimidates passers or excuse me pass catchers when they're crossing uh, uh, in the middle of the field they don't want to get hit by you because you hit hard that being said Anderson Dejo's play style is, is exactly that which the league is attempting to eradicate this is why because when you're a, 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 a kind of you know a nuclear warhead you can catch other bodies that you don't intend on catching the game happens very quickly and in this case Sandejo looking you know a throw at the sticks trying to make sure that, that the receiver is short just obliterates Avante Maddox off, you know, two feet from his target. The immediate discussion goes to things like, why are the Eagles charged a timeout, even though there's a player down who's getting put on the spine board? Okay, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's always things the league should be doing better to improve their addressing of head injuries. That's, that's going to constantly be the case the same way. There's always things leagues could be doing to improve defensive pass interference review, which obviously is another storyline from this game. That is the hit that happened so frequently in the era that like Brian Dawkins was playing in the era in which like Steve Atwater was playing in the era in which John Lynch was playing that is becoming less and less frequent. And the reality is that players who play like Andrew Sandejo are decreasing in value because of it and are going to continue to be phased out of the game. And the players that are coming up are going to not abide by that play style. And hopefully you're going to see less hits like that, but it's a terrifying thing. It's it's an awful thing. It's a gut wrenching thing. It's a teeth grinding thing nothing redeemable and it's something that, that needs to continue to be eradicated as best as we can and again thoughts out to to Maddox you, you hope everything is good and that he that he makes a full recovery very quickly uh, obviously everyone at here here at BGN feels the same so shout out to to Maddox for I mean coming in filling in and making some pretty doggone good plays on the ball so in, in a spot where Sidney Jones goes down with a with a, ha- a hamstring injury which is a reoccurring thing with him apparently uh, so filling in well Ben, before the show, we talked about the Eagles' need to run more split field coverages too high stuff to give some help to these corners. They really didn't start doing it until probably the one-minute drill in the second quarter. Yeah, but from what I saw, yeah, when they were in split field, it wasn't good. <laughs> they were no. giving up completions. I'm very glad he tried it, and yeah. then I will watch the film, and I will adjudicate on the quality. They were having issues overlapping zones, especially on the touchdown. They got flooded with three verticals, and, and right. it was just wide open. So there's, there's issues with the coverage of this defense and we can talk about Jimbo and and his game but look I want to talk about the offense real quick because the eight play 76 yard drive early in the third quarter was exactly what this Eagles offense needs to be especially without Deshaun Jackson in the lineup because you're missing that vertical threat the RPO passing game bumped the screen game bumped and the mesh sit wheel concept on the 20 yard Jordan Howard touchdown is exactly how that play is supposed to work. Linebacker gets caught up in traffic. 
the wheel is wide, wide, wide open. And look, Jordan Howard is not a dynamic receiving option, but I think right. any running back in the league catches that and takes it to the house. So good scheme there, a staple for the Eagles coming through in a big situation. Put him up 27 to 20. That was followed by the Bradham pick six that, that he dropped. And then after that, you get the Jimmy Graham touchdown. Where, where Sendejo on that one, let, let's talk about Sendejo on that one because Schwartz brings the blitz. Sandejo makes a move towards the backfield like he's going mm-hmm. to blitz. And then it looks like he's confused mm-hmm. if he's picking up either the running back or the tight end. Yes. It was the weirdest movement at the snap for what his actual responsibility was. And I think that's not only a problem for the Eagles as far as coverage-wise because the, the quarterbacks were getting toasted in the early portions of the game really, really bad. But then also Sandejo adds that terrible coverage to it as well. This defense has got some problems moving forward. And look... It's a great night. Eagles win a close game, so you can stash those tweets about Wentz being clutch and how many close score games and his record and all that stuff. You can put that away for tonight, but the defense has some issues. Defense has a lot of issues. And I mean, like, so I wrote about this earlier today. I, don't, I really don't think you can sit there, watch this game and tell me that the pass rush is the problem. <laughs> and obviously the secondary was getting injured, but I just don't see it. Because they, they had sacks on Rodgers, they had hurries, they had hits on Rodgers, they flushed him out of the pocket. Rodgers, obviously, one of the best players in the league getting flushed out of the pocket. So the Eagles, who people have been frustrated with their pass rush in recent weeks, well, you go ahead and you watch Rodgers get flushed out of the pocket and make magical plays. And you go, well, you know, pass rush needs to get contained, but then you do this or the other thing. Sure, but this is step one. You know, we weren't getting this level of pressure earlier. Now... Most teams aren't starting Billy Turner and whoever in the name of God it was that replaced Brian Bulaga at right tackle. The Eagles had a distinct advantage on the right side of that line. So there's reasons why the Eagles pass rush woke up here a little bit, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't be mad at the pass rush for flushing Rodgers out of the pocket when you were previously mad at the pass rush for not disturbing the pocket. As this continues to improve and and the pass rush continues to become quicker wins, hopefully you're going to be able to beat those mobile quarterbacks it is still insanely frustrating to watch Brandon Graham just miss sack after sack after sack after getting into the backfield. Brandon Graham's sure. just not not good at sacking the quarterback. It's just not a skill of his, which is a defensive lineman, you know, is a little prohibitive. So the theme, so the theme is that the number one defensive end for the Eagles is is bad at getting sacks, and the cornerbacks are bad at covering, which are two very vital skills for I've those heard, positions. Yeah, yeah, that's not as great, and that's really the thing when it comes to that. That was you know the little touch point on the pass rush. The thing that that it comes down to with the secondary is that you had, in this game, nobody who could cover in man against Devontae Adams. And we said that coming into it. What we expected. Yeah. And then in zone coverage, you were... (laughs) I mean, I would love to tell you what the Eagles hook curl and curl flat zone defenders' responsibilities are when they get a sit route directly in front of them. Right. But it's clearly evidence-based approach. Let him make the catch and try to tackle him because they don't get connected to just sit routes, to spot concepts, to snack concepts. And that's the thing. The early opening uh, sequence for the Packers, which the Packers have been a very good script team for the first three weeks of the season. Mm -hmm. The Packers ran curl flat snag. What I what I what I know is 1121, which is slant flat and double slants. Right. And then a nine route to Devontae Adams and a, and, a, and, a, and a smoke screen. And they scored 10 points in two drives. 
day one install plays, Michael. Basic plays. Basic concepts to cover. Yeah. I mean, how many drives did the Packers start with a nine-yard completion to the tight end across the, the middle short area of the field, just in front of Nigel Bradham and Zach Brown? There's also the fact of how many drives did they start, how many first and tens did they have where they just run into a brick wall because Jimbo loves to have people in the box. I don't know why the Packers are so adamant on getting their suck established, essentially, which I'm going to eat those words later. But yeah, I, I agree. Continue. And so... You now have corners who cannot stick with receivers in man coverage, and you have linebackers that cannot handle underneath routes in zone coverage. Now, do you have defense backs that can handle intermediate routes in zone coverage? No, you don't. You regularly had Geronimo Allison and Marquez Valdez-Scanling uncovering across the intermediate areas of the field on intermediate breaking routes. Okay, so you can't cover receivers man-to-man, and you can't cover receivers deep in zone, and you can't cover receivers underneath in zone. When you blitz, Mike... You're not arriving. You're not getting there successfully. When you blitz six or seven, Sandejo can't stick Jimmy Graham in man coverage and it's a touchdown. When you do your little four-man simulated pressure and you bail your edges into underneath zones, it doesn't work well for you and you give up first downs and touchdowns. The Eagles can't blitz. They can't cover. They can't max protect. As frustrated as we get are with you, Jimbo. Are you, done with the, are you done with the pen now? <laughs> no, never. I, my goal in this is to make this as difficult for you to edit as possible. Go ahead. As much as I get frustrated with Jimbo, who I think will get good stretches of play from his defense and then just change what he's been doing, mm. which I don't think is necessary. For as much of a of a hard time as we give him, nobody in the back seven can cover. Nobody. One person can. Rasul Douglas. Yeah. Rasul Douglas. And the hero of my life. And Malcolm Jenkins. Okay, two people in the secondary can cover. But that does not a secondary make! Great coverage by Rasul on the double move by Devontae Adams in that spot, too, in the red zone. Oh, that little sluggo? Yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell you something right now. Year one, Rasul Douglas gets roasted on that route. (laughs) Destroyed. And did, and we can find the film if you want us to. Oh, I I remember an exact play like that where he just got Uh, You and I probably both have it clipped somewhere on our timeline from 2017 of Rasul Douglas (laughs) against the Giants. Against the Giants. Just getting obliterated by a double move. This doesn't happen here against Devontae Adams. And... You know, I said Rasul Douglas was not the sort of player you want matching Devontae Adams and off coverage because he's a great route runner. <laughs> okay, Rasul, listen to the podcast. Let's uh, go. That, that was, so so Rasul is the bright spot. Jank always remains a bright spot, but the Eagles don't have a secondary right now. And the, the simple reality of this game is that if Matt LaFleur had remained married to the passing attack and had not been so insistent with running the football, the Packers would have continued to move the ball very effortlessly, in my opinion, down the field. Let's not forget Aaron Rodgers was averaging eight yards per attempt on 53 attempts. Meanwhile, he is his own team's leading rusher. 46 <laughs> rushes on five carries. Aaron Jones By had 21, carry, 21 <laughs> yards on 13 carries. Geronimo Allison took a jet sweep seven yards and the fullback had a three-yard carry they averaged under four yards a carry 15 carries by non-Rogers players went for 33 yards yeah there's no reason to run against Philly their secondary is one of the worst in the league and their run defense is one of the best you have Aaron Rodgers a quarterback I would enjoy it if their run defense was a little worse right this is what right exactly (laughs) <laughs> invite the run for right. god's sakes it's not yeah. as damaging as the pass speaking of inviting the run the packers definitely invited the run you noted on twitter and, and we picked this up throughout the game 12 personnel what are you doing what's that maddox has movement in all of his extremities uh he's been sent to the hospital oh. as a precautionary measurement fantastic thank you eagles for... just tweeted it out awesome thank yeah. you for that news that's awesome for avante maddox so we'll get back on, on the train here with what i was talking about as far as the run game for the Eagles, I called it establishing the suck leading up to this game. This offensive line really took over in this game. And here's the thing. Jordan Howard, 15 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns, 5.8 average. Miles Sanders, 
11 carries, 72 yards, 6.5. And there was a tweet by Warren Sharp where he was talking about the, the numbers that the Packers are giving up over the left side, over the left tackle, 11.8 yards per carry, outside the left tackle, 5.3 yards per carry. The Eagles gashed them lot. on that side. The run, the run blocking was fantastic. And here's my thing. I'm still frustrated with the run game. I still am. Even when the Eagles had their most yards, I think it was 152 yards against the Colts in week three last year, I thought the running backs played really poorly and the line played well. These running backs, Miles Sanders has some, has some great bursts, no doubt. Howard finishes well. At least he did in this game. They cannot, if they could make a single defensive back miss, they would have had 300 yards. Well, not Howard. Howard's going to get chased down. But well, Sanders. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you on Sanders. Yeah. Sanders got tackled by a kicker and a safety brother. Right. He better get bullied, not bullied, he better get hurt, you know, jabbed at, poked fun at in the running back room this week. Yeah, I agree. What about Carson Wentz, man? It's a weird stat line for him and, and, and a bit of a weird night, too. 16 for 27, 160 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. So overall, a good night for him. I think he was catching some flack at the end of the game where the Eagles could have put it away and made it a two-score game. There was one that I put on Wentz, which was the mesh sit wheel where Goodson has to flow over the top. Now, on Messit Wheel, and we talked about this, and we'll probably talk about this more on the film review show, if the linebacker scrapes over the top of traffic, you want to throw the flat early. Wentz waited, threw it late, threw a hospital ball to Jordan Howard. That would incomplete on second down. On third down, you had the out route from Alshon Jeffrey, who, based on what we said about Kevin King, was not at all healthy and bad yes, at the catch that is point. My, that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Alshon got bodied by Kevin King after we trashed Kevin King for five minutes. So Alshon was not healthy. Next. Yeah, exactly. So he runs the out route, and it's it's out in front of in front of Jeffrey. And Jeffrey was just slow out of the break, I thought. I think Wentz thought he was going to carry on through that. So I thought it was a little weird to, to criticize Wentz on that. I want to see if there's anything said about it in the presser. But overall, I mean... Solid night from Wentz. I'm not sure what else you can ask from him. Quarterbacks missed throws. I didn't see anything egregious from him throughout the game. Early, he was a little hot. And that's how we know Wentz to be a little bit early in games. He was a little bit high on a couple throws. They stalled out early. But then when he gets in a rhythm, in that mid-game rhythm, he was really, really good tonight. For you know, for the, the Eagles can't score in the first quarter crowd. The Eagles did not score in the first quarter. Yeah. Which is not good. This was, in my opinion, a game where it was really there were just execution issues. There was some slop. The 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 Mr. Ertz on, on third and ten, which he sailed over his head, was a bad one. Yeah. Eagles come out then on the next drive, put themselves in a situation. Oh, in the fourth and three. Yeah. From the 37. It was in the 47. 40s. They punt there. I was like, yo. Right. Well, what happened so to Doug we Peterson? Had, we, had, we had two <laughs> Dougie choices today that, I, that didn't make a lot of sense to me. One was this. Seven minutes left in the first. Fourth and three from the Green Bay 47. Yeah. Down by seven. Doug Peterson elects to punt. Uh, Cameron Johnson, who, you know, MVP, puts one of what would be, I think, like four punts of the day on the 10. Yeah. Just great placement. Uh, they're able to flip the field. Packers end up driving 78 yards in eight minutes, get a field goal. But Peterson elects not to go for him fourth down. Theory behind why? Too early in the game for uh, an attempt that close to midfield. Theory. Second decision came with 221. 221 uh 340 team with 340 left in the fourth quarter first and 10 of the green bay 36 aaron Rodgers checks down and danny fatale catches an eight yard pass fletcher cox goes down with injury so we spend a whole two minutes watching replays of danny vitale's eight yard catch hit the ground before yeah. danny vitale catches it 
Peterson, with one timeout and one challenge flag left, again, there's only one minute and 40 seconds left for him to even make challenges, keeps it holstered, despite the fact that it seems like clear and conclusive evidence that this would be overturned. My guess, the timeout was so hypothetically valuable in the event of a quick Packers score that making second and 10 instead of second and two was just simply not worth it with that much mm. time left on the clock. Uh, needing that timeout in the event you get the ball back is, is the value that kind of was measured against winning that challenge. If you would ask me them, you know, before the game, I would have anticipated the other decision from Doug, but that's my theory on why he made those choices. Other than that, I do owe Doug an apology. I have been very critical <laughs> of the screen game over recent weeks. Boy, did it work. It worked I in that still, drive that we were talking about earlier. Still, generally, do not like screen passes. As a, as a which as an Eagles fan who grew up under Andy Reid is like heresy, and I know that. <laughs> Kansas City's still great at it. I don't like screens. You need it's it's like a running play. You need seven things to go right to get the the play correct. I just I don't think it's a it's a high percentage play. But the, the the Eagles do a really good job on on those screens that were successful of getting into them very quickly. They don't use those slow developing screens where you know the defensive line and the linebackers has four seconds to hit. Like, hey, nobody's blocking me. Oh, I wonder why the tackle ran right by me. No, they like open it up like that little Dallas Goddard screen. It develops very quickly. Um, and so so I like that. I, I I thought the screen game worked well. I thought Doug called as he always does a very good game. Uh, pole to pole in terms of offensive scheming and designing the screens were more effective uh this week than they have been in previous week weeks and as i said i owe him an apology for that so good job dougie before we go to break i, I also want to throw thoughts out there for green bay running back jabal williams Derek barnett hit him and i mean there's no other way to put this this was a dirty dirty hit a dumb hit by Derek barnett on jamal williams Cracked him in the head after being held up for about three seconds. Uh, he was taken to a hospital. I'm searching for an update on that to see how he is, but you never want to see that. So thoughts out to Jamal Williams as well. Two really, really bad injuries in this game that kind of put a damper on things. But Eagles take the win 34 to 27. We're going to talk more about it here on the Kiss and Solak show. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we are back on the Kist and Solak Show, episode 125, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kist here with Benjamin Solak. We're talking the recap of the Eagles. Big win. They moved to 2-2, two and two, thankfully. They survived the first quarter uglies to get to 500 in Green Bay in a very tight contest. Ben, what did you think about Matt LaFleur? Because we talked about coming into it like this Packers offense probably will jump out in front. They're going to have some mid-game struggles. But boy, that I mean, the struggles weren't as bad as advertised outside of the strip sack from Derek Barnett, who once again gets a sack being blocked by a tight end. So there's that. Thank you. Yep, no problem. Appreciate not having to be the one to identify that <laughs> detail. Also had the hands to the face that extended the drive within the, the one-minute drill there for the Packers that oh, led man, to— Oh, man, don't get me started on that drive. A touchdown. I'll, I'll get you started. Matt LaFleur, though, on first down and one, yes. on the one-yard line, okay. throws— not a 50-50 ball. Fades are not 50-50 balls. They're about 20-80. Leads off with that to Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Rodney McLeod makes a fantastic play. And then after that, three more passes. And I know one of them was like one of those run-run pass options where it's you can hand it off, 
Rodgers can keep it and then he can throw it. We saw that from Wentz last week where mm-hmm. he can look for Ertz or he can take it in himself. But zero runs just caught like people think like the analytics crowd is like never run. You can run from the one yard line on first and goal. Did you see his tweet or not his tweet, obviously, but his quote on Twitter about this? No. He's like, listen, we lost Jamal Adams or Jamal Williams. We only dressed two tailbacks. You have to change the game plan in, in, in the case. Listen. What? <laughs> listen. What? If, you, if, if you're worried about only having the one tailback. <laughs> Why are you running him a lot at like the 48? Right. And then at the one is when the spot where you don't use him. I'm losing my mind. What is he talking about? Okay. LaFleur is a wacko for that one. Not very, not, not a very good coach. And a coward, too. But, the field goals that they took early in this game kept the Eagles in the game and the Packers could have jumped out front. Well, listen, this goes back to old Jimbo. Yeah. It's hard to play that deep cover three, those eight yards off. When there's a whole field behind you, but once that defense gets to the red zone, brother, and that field condenses, yeah, oh man, it's good. You're in Jimbo's world at that point. Yeah, exactly. Jimbo's <laughs> just like, listen, how much rest can I get the offense until you get to the 15? And then we're going to have to lock you up and give you three. And hopefully they're well rested enough to go get a seven. And that's how we're going to win ball games. It's going to be 49 to 21 and all seven of your scores are going to be field goals. It's It's very funny that... The Eagles' defense gets so good in the red zone, but what it does come down to is, yes, the space is compressed. The 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 corners are more free to play up near the line of scrimmage, and it limits the quick game. And I I had this tweet where I said, yeah, Matt Lafleur, the, the 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 play calling at the goal line was really questionable, but that interception by Nigel Bradham to good end call. the game, good call. It's a goal line slant flat rub route. Yep. Against a practice squad corner. Yep. Who, this is his first active snaps ever. That's and and, and the thinking is you go after the cornerback that just came yeah. in for somebody else. And teams don't do enough of that. There was a study by by Sharp Football. One of his guys wrote it up where they showed the difference in attacking that cornerback early and how, how much it can pay off for you. Teams just don't do it enough. The Packers made the right call. It's the right concept. It's the right guy to attack. He just happened to make a play. Like, right. we don't have to trade for Jalen Ramsey now, right? When we say right now, when we say happen to make a play. You're just going to breeze by that? No, because we're going to talk about it in three words. But <laughs> on the play, making a play. So Craig James arrives playing through the, the, the receiver into the catch point. He arrives before the ball arrives. They let it happen. I think it's great. It was a weird night for defensive pass interference. But that's what you want to see. At the goal line, you want to see corners allowed to play physical up into receivers. That's just, I think it's just what you want as a general Eagle uh, football fan. Now, by the way, are you going to say the same thing I'm going to to say? Because if Rodgers is a little more patient with this, I think this is a touchdown. I think they get this switch wrong. Well, no, 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 no. You think they got the switch wrong. I think that you just said that's what you do. You target the new corner. And Malcolm Jenkins knows that. And I think Malcolm <laughs> Jenkins reads slant flat as it's happening. I truly do. Watch his head. Yeah. Watch his head right at the snap. I'm scrubbing so I can see it. You see him peek through. So Malcolm Jenkins is in the is in the slot. Craig James on the outside. And they're running slant flat. And the slant, the, the flat route from the slot receiver over whom Malcolm Jenkins is aligned head up. That's going to be the rub route. That player's role is to pick off Craig James, create some contact there. So the slant comes underneath the flat. Malcolm Jenkins collisions the, the flat route, which is yeah. intended to, to, to create the collision itself. He collisions it and through contact reads that slant is coming underneath. Let's go of the flat, the flat route, which is to your point, if Rogers holsters this, it's a wide open touchdown because yeah. Jenkins, in my opinion, just leaves his assignment. <laughs> 
But anyway, so lets it go, and he's right there for this ball to arrive. He's right there as this ball comes into play, and accordingly, does this affect uh, Aaron Rodgers' vision as he's throwing the ball? Probably not. The ball's already been released. But if this ball is even caught, or if Craig James isn't there to make contact with with, uh, the receiver, I believe this is uh, Valdez Scantling, as it arrives, well, Jenkins is there to make a play on the ball. So this is a great read by Jenkins. Now, Craig James has a good job fighting through contact. Is it pass interference? Probably not, but whatever, he's there. This is a great read by Jenkins. It's going to go under notice because James is the one generating the pass breakup and Nigel Bradham gets the, the deflection, but this was never going to score on the slam because Jenkins was going to be there to bury the route, even if it was caught. That's a great point. So what, what a huge game-ending interception by Nigel Bradham. And we're going to have to hear some quotes on that to see if that's exactly what Jenkins was thinking, because I think that's a good theory on your end. And and again, if Rodgers is a little more patient, things go weird. And now we're having a whole different kind of conversation. Right, but, but it's but it's it, it's like it's like the the Russell Wilson Malcolm Butler interception. If right. he waits, then it's open. But you never wait on that play. You throw Correct. it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So calm down, Ben. We're going to go to three words, and we're going to get to some very excited people, just like Ben. I have one more thing to say. Do you? The Packers went dime against eleven. Yeah. And nickel against twelve. Yeah. This allows the Eagles to get either Jason Kelsey or Dallas Goddard regularly against a linebacker and a safety. This is what we were talking about before you gave me the, the Maddox update. That's what I was gonna say. They were yes. so light against the Eagles personnel, they got gashed for it. Manage your personnel as you want. But how many snaps of Redmond did you watch coming into this game? And will Redmond versus Dallas Goddard automatic throw? Zach Ertz versus any of the safeties you're giving him. <laughs> He's not right? even giving you coverage value. This is the teams have tried this before. In terms of the, the Rams in 2018 is a great example. Okay, yeah. the Eagles are so good at passing their tight ends. We're just going to load them up with safeties. Steelers are doing it now. Keith Butler is doing it now with Mark Barron, and it's failing. <laughs> it's but And that's the thing is like, okay, well, we just said like, oh, we should invite the run, right? Like, it, you know, the Eagles even should invite the run more. Well, the Packers defense was inviting the run via this. The thing is, is that your average team's tight end two coming up to tag the safety is miles different than Dallas Goddard coming up to tag the safety. Correct. It's but yeah, especially when it's Will Redmond. It's different. Yeah. Right, exactly. And so accordingly, like, I mean, Goddard had, uh, I'm probably going to, I cut up all of Goddard's blocks against the Chicago Bears in the wildcard games. It was tremendous. I'm probably going to do the same. Oh, yeah. I'm probably going to do the, the same against the 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 the, the Packers in this game because he was out of this world. There were points in the game too where Isaac Ciamalo was getting movement on Kenny Clark. Like this offensive line was bumping, dude. Jason Kelsey versus Kenny Clark. Kelsey won. Yeah, and that's that's All the game. type of guy that we talked about that Kelsey might struggle with, and Kelsey got All a W on game, that. All game, Kelsey yeah. won. He he owned him. We'll we'll take that we'll take that L as far as Kelsey possibly struggling there, even though he didn't say it was it was Should definitely never doubted. I would have take the W on Will Redmond, who I said that the Eagles should target, target, and that'll wash out the bad Kevin King stuff, but Alshon Jeffrey was hurt, whatever. We're going to go to three words. We're going to go to BGN alum Sam Wilson at Sam Wills 18 of the Babes on Broad. She says, bring on Ramsey. Ben, are you ready to have this discussion? Because the Eagles yes. have two cornerbacks with hamstring injuries and Ronald Darby and Sidney Jones. Russell Douglas is out there. Avante Maddox is also hurt, probably out for a while. We don't know his status, but we know it's it's better than what we feared, which is awesome. We can't play Craig James. Orlando Scandrick's still on the street, baby. Orlando Scandrick's out there. That's <laughs> enticing. Do you have to trade for Jalen Ramsey at this point? Because it's feeling like they should get aggressive with it. I know the Jaguars don't want to make that move, but you can't continue the season this way other, other than maybe looking around the league to find like other less guys that the guys that aren't going to be as impactful on the future cap or whatever the case may be but who else are really looking at 
Jalen's the big name right Call now. Call up Vic Fangio and say, listen, Chris Harris Jr. wanted out anyway, brother. Oh, that's a yeah. good one. But no, here's, so here's the thing with Ramsey. Mm. Now, I mean, if you call Jacksonville, Jacksonville's going to be like, hey, who are you trying <laughs> to start in week, week, set, week five? Yeah. yeah, okay, it's three firsts, right? Right. They're going to up the price because they lose leverage, yeah. I can tell you with, with, with extreme confidence, Ramsey is one of probably the five most impactful players you could add to this Eagles team right now in the league, right? If it's like, hey, if you could steal one player oh, yeah. from any team to put on the Eagles right now to make them better, Jalen Ramsey is probably in the top three. And the top three is probably all corners. Right, there's no area in which and adding a potential all pro caliber talent, a pro bowl caliber talent, uh, you know, mega deal top five of the position caliber talent would change the Eagles offense. The delta, the difference it would be over their current skill players, even when healthy, Ronald Darby and Jalen Mills. <laughs> it's not good. There's there there was no reason last week not to be doing this. There's even less of no reason to not to be doing it this week. It would drastically improve the Eagles offense guaranteed and that's the thing about trading a first round pick the idea is that a first round pick drastically improves your unit it's not guaranteed this is guaranteed think about it this way how much would you be willing to pay in draft capital to be sure that you could extend Jalen Ramsey because that's like Ramsey can hit free agency next year We'll get him in the building, and if he plays well here, extend him before anybody else does. You'll be able to negotiate with him, technically, before anyone else does. So Eagle fans are going to want Ramsey in free agency next year. Why not spend picks now to guarantee that you get him? I think it's a no-brainer, but I thought it's a no-brainer for 10 days. So hmm. my um, Killicow, who's a, 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 a strong member of Philadelphia Twitter, says Sendejo Life Prison, which feels reasonable. It feels proportionate, to be honest. I have at 11 the goat Sean Lemon says Nigel caught it with question mark exclamation point question mark. I mean he he ain't catching anything thrown straight to him but man well, I'm glad at he underscore that. half and half who's a, a common listener says butts for hands question mark which is a direct <laughs> reference to you. Brother it's been three years it's been over three years. He read the tweets in the in, in a halftime he read the tweets on the sideline. Everyone was reading my freaking tweets man. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. In three words, there's there's over 400 responses in this freaking thing, Ben. How am I supposed Dude, to? Dude, wi- wins like this? Are you kidding me? Gingerbeard Eleven is just going ham. He's got like 15 responses. I'm gonna scroll past all of them, brother. Let's come on. Let's see. You're getting worse. Yeah, week no, by he week. had one good one. Yeah, uh, I can't remember what it is. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna scroll right past that. Uh, Lannis at not Lannis says offensive line dominated. Yeah, I mean that that's what this running game needed. Because before this, I mean, everybody knows if you listen to the preview show, I was dogging them for what they were doing in the running game, talking about establishing the suck. The offensive line read the tweets. Eagles run better from 12 personnel, and especially when the Packers decide to go light on defense. So it's good to get the running game back on trap. I, I still, I still, and I'm going to say this again, I still wish Howard or Sanders. Sanders, by the way, coming into this game with only two broken tackles, 5.9% broken tackle rate, one of the worst in the league. Still can't make anybody miss. Just make one freaking guy miss. We're setting you up, brother. We're setting you up for success. Go get it. You're being too hard on Miles. He had a good game. Hey, he had the big return, too. He had the big return, so we add some value yeah, there. Huge return. Momentum swing. Yeah. Okay, we just got tagged in a in a, in a Doug Peterson video at his presser. And it's, okay, so basically, I think Jimmy is trying to ask him about, like, the decision to go for two versus not to go for two. And, and Doug was like... Okay, well, did you like the decision? And, and and Jimmy was like, well, no, not really. And Doug was like, all right, don't ask the question then. <laughs> but he got like clearly messing with him a little bit. 
Um, but then he was like, yeah, let's go up two scores. But yeah, no, we didn't do it. And like, he's like, he was just like, he was like, just like being a little bit belligerent with him. But it's classic dogs being fun. I was, I was, uh, I was a little surprised that he didn't go for two there either. I was thinking that he might. See, but this then... is why it's nice to just podcast safely and pontificate about Doug Peterson's choices from the safety of my home <laughs> and never, never ask Doug, who's very scary and pressers, can confirm any questions about his decisions ever. Oh, there we go. Someone said establish the suck at Lee. Zero one one three five seven. There's three set. I'm, I'm all these people that put like seven numbers of their. I know it's like the Twitter default now, but the people that put like seven of ten numbers of their phone number just jump through the hoops and get and get a real text. Sorry, Lee. Thanks for listening. We appreciate the support. Cut Sandejo, please, from Ben Hessel at Ben Hessel three. Hey, Pride of Detroit says love you guys. We just put the Lions in first place in the NFC North. At bold uh, at bold sports BPS says Devonte Adams toe. How big was that? For this game. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, Adams did have only two catches in the second half. They were doing a better job over the top of him. I want to see how and why. You're going to have to give him extra attention, and they were starting to at the end of the second half. At AJ Jarbola, Andrew Jarbola says more under center, which is fascinating because the Eagles have been running it a lot from under shotgun in the first three weeks of the season, and it seemed anecdotally that there was a lot more running under center in this game. Yeah, and we talked about that in the previous show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mostly, I mean, when we get what we ask for, the team wins the game. It's very interesting. Um, <laughs> Any other interesting ones you see before we get out of here, Ben? Patrick Howard, more 12 personnel, go get Ramsey, bubble wrap the CBs, leaving this here with a screenshot of Nigel Bradham has butts for hands. <laughs> <laughs> I'm praying Bradham finds it. I'm praying Bradham retweets it at 1.30 in the morning. Just like Obviously, I never wish for any players to find our tweets about them because it's the worst, but this one would be worth it. Bryce Rossler, uh, who was from Sports Info Solutions and joined you for for an eye on the enemy, said that he's going to log into his burner account and at old takes exposed. I mean, look, if you want to shoot my tweet out there to 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 the world, right, and and get that kind of exposure, I am one hundred percent all for it because that. Come on, let's not act like Bradham can catch on the regular. Right, let's, exactly. Let's this stop. is this is this is my point. Is like <laughs> whenever these tweets are taken out of context, like they're yeah. mostly right. It's just the one time they're not. Somebody says mesh mesh sit wheel, which is an important tweet yes. because we have to acknowledge that. I haven't seen any fire gym shorts, which I saw a lot of fire gym shorts in the first quarter. Yeah. Very interesting that there are none so far. <laughs> um, and then the last one, I apologize. I don't know how to pronounce this first name. It's J-O-A-O and the A's got like a tilde over it. Um, but Elovino says Craig James Hive. And I'd just like to say that on this podcast, we have so many times called for Craig James to play more snaps. We have. Get more reps. You did the great breakdown, the film breakdown of his previous snaps and his college reps. You grabbed pretty much any episode we've produced over the last year, year and a half, and there's been a Craig James mention. We've known from the beginning. So thank goodness Craig James is here. We had the we had the Craig James emergency pod too. Did we actually? No, no, we didn't, but like people were oh, okay. asking for it. We okay. you know, I, I considered let's, it. Let's 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 post date a Craig James emergency pod and be like, the Eagles have made the biggest signing ever. I bet you guys a pass breakup in week four against Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, I might make it the episode title. Kiss Craig James show. Emergency Podcast? Yeah. Because people asked for it. We're just a little late on it. A little <laughs> late. But we were we were busy this Thursday night, so we decided to do it. All right, then. I think that's going to do it for three words there. Again, the Eagles come away with a 34-27 to win over the Green Bay Packers. Packers no longer undefeated. They are 3-1 and one now. Eagles in a, in a big win. Move to 2-2. Two and two. We have the Jets next week. Let me ask you, Ben, because I had a little bit of time this week putting a lot of work as far as like scouting future opponents. 
I skipped literally right past the Jets and I went right to the Vikings. Hey, my mom likes the Jets. My mom's really excited for the Eagles to play the Jets because she knows I'm going to talk about the Jets on the podcast and she's excited to listen and hear me talk about the Jets. So I'm going to give you a bunch of airtime for that, but let me take over for the Vikings because yeah. I would be well I'll just do up. the whole preview podcast and I'll direct it directly <laughs> at my mom. I'll be like, what's up, Great Mosh? Welcome to the show. Uh, here's Say why good- Luke Falk is complete trash. <laughs> Say goodbye. Hey, listen. You got to listen to this podcast. Why do you have to listen to this podcast? Because we know things. We know things like the Eagles winning and why it happened and how it's good and why why they're never going to lose a game ever again. And it's debatable. Great. I thought the the production that we were able to put out for the short week was great. Yeah. Uh, it was good to be as prepared for the game as we did. I think a lot of things that we saw in the game were kind of what we expected to see in the game. Uh, and we're, we're glad that we're able to get that sort of coverage out to you guys. If you agree with that sentiment, uh, you like the, the the product we're able to put out, especially on the short week. Make sure you stick around for the remainder of the season. We're hoping to prepare you for every game the way that we did for the Packers. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you listen to the podcast. He is Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. I am Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Tomorrow, BLG Jimmy? Maybe brother, it's it's Thursday. I don't... Okay, there's no rules for what's about to happen. You <laughs> again, as I always say, because I don't know the schedule, just subscribe to the doggone <laughs> podcast, and then it'll show up when you get a notification. It's handy modern technology. I, I might try to get Mark Schofield for an early QB Sco show if I can, and then we'll do we'll do two. But yeah, yeah right, right now it's kind of up in the air. We're just waiting for film to drop, to be honest with you. We'll have at the podium with pressers. Do we get the all 22 early because it's on Thursday? Brother, with Game Pass, you never know. Because week one, we didn't get the all 22 Game Pass from the week one game until when the rest of it dropped. And it was half bad. It it didn't work. So I'm hoping it drops on Saturday because I will definitely skip some terrible 12 o'clock college football games. I I don't even know the schedule for the college football games, but I will... I will chow down film on Saturday if, if that's what I got going on. Yes, if we get the All-22 early, we can do more things with it. That's what I'm saying. Um, we, yes. got a, we got a big gap now. We should be really, really prepped up for the Vikings because I'm definitely looking past for the, the Jets. Jets. <laughs> Listen, at the NFL, at Game Pass, support the podcast by telling them to give us the All-22 as Good. soon as possible. Yeah, right. I love nice. you. We love you. You are friends. You are. We are nice. We, we are nice. You, we're, we, we are all we friends. got. You we all nice. we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. I don't know why you didn't let me do the nice thing at the end. Really? You don't? It was going so well. (laughs) I was getting there. (laughs) I'm tired. P-G-N.